your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. This is a Monday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Gaughan. Follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. You can follow Cammie, my co-host, at Cammie AG. Follow the show, L-O underscore Longhorns. It is a big Monday on the 40 acres. Cammie, it's coffee day. Have you got your coffee? <laughs> it is coffee day. It's an exciting Monday. It's been uh, very uh, kind of hectic and busy so far, but in a good way. Positive news, obviously. But I do have my coffee, speaking of coffee, next to me. It's my second cup of the day. So um, that should show you kind of how uh, crazy the news have been coming out so far. But uh, it's exciting. You know who else has their coffee? And that would be the Texas Longhorns when they got, they found out as of noon. On Monday, that J.D. Coffee safety out of Cannondale, Texas, has committed to the University of Texas, along with Ishmael Ibrahim out of Dallas Kimbrell, both four-star prospects. Uh, let's talk about J.D. Coffee real quick. So the uh, four-star, uh, is if you look at the 24-7 sports composite, he is a four-star prospect, 173rd in the nation, seventh overall safety in the country. 29th overall prospect in the state of Texas. He uh, was rumored to be looking at LSU and Oregon as well, uh, but he chooses to go to Texas. Uh, how excited were you yeah, when you I, found out that the coffee was, was? Pretty dang excited. Um, obviously, that's, I guess, the secondary in general at Texas right now is one of the deepest in terms of depth and talent on their roster. But um, it always provides question marks each season, whether it's injuries or uh, things we have going on right now. For example, uh, BJ Foster and um, Anthony Cook and things like that. So um, I think it was a smart move for him. He kind of uh, makes me think of Brandon Jones in a way. He uh, has an impressive frame. He has ball hawking ability. He um, definitely isn't afraid to deliver um, a big hit and be physical in that sense. But um, obviously a four-star prospect in general is uh, very impressive to land two on the same day at that. But um, he's, a, he's a solid blue chip recruit. And obviously it's a big win for coach Tom Herman. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you talk about a guy in his junior season who had three touchdowns, defensive touchdown returns. So, uh, you know, he provides that opportunity to score at any moment that uh, he gets his hands on the ball. Obviously, Caden Stearns could go to the NFL after the season. Uh, he's one of those guys that's kind of been talked about as a as a as uh, one of the top two rounds uh, as far as where he's projected. Right. Uh, so, you know, if they lose Caden Stearns, they're going to need to replace him. Obviously, they have guys, Xavier Alford, Jaron Thompson. You know, they have guys, but now you, you add J.D. Coffey to the mix, who, like you said, uh, he's kind of viewed as as a, a playmaker. Uh, he's got size. He's got an athletic build. Uh, he's known for the big head. So, you know, it's exciting to hear and that plus, J.D. Coffey. How cool is his name, though, for real? Like to have coffee on the back of your jersey? That's That's so cool. You know, you know, with the new NIL and uh, being able to uh, sell your likeness, I'm I'm curious about what kind of T-shirts he could come up with. Right. I mean, I'm a huge coffee fan, so I've been making those puns all day today while we were waiting for yes. this news to come out. Yes, but you have. I love it. Uh, all right. So let's talk a little bit about Ishmael Ibrahim, who was the other player uh, that was making his commitment announcement. I thought it was pretty cool how they made that announcement together and kind of uh, were both in the end of that video announcement too. Right. And the fact that uh, they had been talking, you know, on Twitter 
at each other, I guess you could say. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was an interesting thing. Uh, if you look at 24-7 sports uh, composite ranking, they had him 171, so just ahead of Coffee, 13th overall cornerback mm-hmm. in, in the country, 28th overall. So you got the 28th and 29th ranked prospects uh, to join the University of Texas. Uh, he chose Texas over Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, and TCU. Oh, yeah, that's impressive. And um, I'm not sh- I, we were just speaking of names. I was going to laugh about it. Um, this is completely opposite of because he has a hard to pronounce name, Ishmael Ibrahim, right? I believe Anyways, I was just thinking that. of names, but yeah. Yeah, he's a very um, solid cornerback in the class, obviously. Another blue chip recruit, which I think, um, and we talk all the time about how impressive Tom Herman's recruiting classes are and how that's never really the problem at Texas. It's more um, finding the right coaching staff in terms of player development um, and having them produce on the field at the collegiate level. But I think one of the most impressive parts of the recruiting trail for Coach uh, Herman is that uh, he completely kind of um, flopped in an impressive way, the blue chip ratio at Texas since he's been in Austin. Um, I, I feel like the majority of all of his recruiting classes are blue chip talent and blue chip recruits and things like that. We've seen all the percentages um, about how Texas is now in like the top four or five consistently each year uh, with their recruiting classes in terms of blue chip ratio, which makes it uh, much more likely that they can compete for national championships. So um, I definitely think that's worth keeping an eye on. And I think it's one of uh, the biggest accomplishments Herman has had in terms of recruiting at Texas. Yeah, and you talk about Ibrahim, you know, he's a guy that's uh, he's a long rangy corner. Um, you know, he's not afraid to mix it up tackling wise. Uh, he's a guy that I think you can count on on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, he's a physical press corner, which, you know, depending on how, you know, Chris Dash wants to play his defense this year, that might fit, you know, might fit in very well with him. So, you know, you have to really like how they're adding the secondary pieces. Obviously, we talked a little bit about, you know, linebacker position was one that maybe Texas would need to look at. And, and you know, it's still early in the process, so it's it's not a done deal. Uh, obviously, we know what Texas is bringing in the defensive end. They had a five-star recruit in the last cycle. They have another five-star recruit in Jatavion Sanders. So it just looks like they're really loading up on the defensive side of the ball, which I think is what they're going to have to do if Texas wants to compete with the uh, with the big names, with the big boys within the conference. Yeah, it definitely has been for the last several seasons, their, their weak point, the defense side of the ball. Um, but I think, yeah, this is a positive step forward. I'm really anxious, I guess, to see uh, Chris Ash and what he's able to accomplish um, in Austin with his new defensive scheme. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's definitely um, a huge day in terms of Texas football. Yeah, and you talk about with Ibrahim coming in, he's going to be competing against guys like Kenyatta Watson, uh, Chris mm-hmm. Adamora are two of the names that we've really been talking about a lot lately. You know, those are the guys. So I think the competition level is really going to help because, you know, I'm I'm one of those people, I believe in iron sharpens iron. And then when you look right. at some of the receivers that they have, I think that's really going to help this football team you know, as a whole, and hopefully they're able to really push both sides to be better so that Texas is kind of getting back into that, the national spotlight, you know, each and every season and not having to sit back and watch Oklahoma go to the playoff uh, instead of them. 
Yeah, and I think even, I know it's kind of early, but uh, 2020 is kind of when uh, they predicted, since Herman's been in Austin at least, that um, they'll kind of take that step forward, and I really think they will. And we've been talking about uh, where Texas could finish in the Big 12 this season, <clears throat> and consistently we put them at the uh, one or two spot uh, with Oklahoma. So I, I think this is a year they could probably uh, sneak past Oklahoma just because of some of the question marks um, over Norman, but – uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, these young players coming in and contributing. Um, even if they're redshirt, obviously their uh, freshman season, they have bright futures at Texas, at least. Yeah, we're going to find out a lot. And I think, you know, just speaking on the Oklahoma portion of it, I think we're going to find out a lot about Lincoln Riley. You know, he's kind of been dubbed as this uh, quarterback genius. But uh, to me, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I like Riley, don't get me wrong. I like him as a coach, as an offensive mind. But he really hasn't developed a quarterback. So it's going to be interesting with Rattler uh, because if you look, uh, you could mention Baker Mayfield came from another program. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray came from another program. Uh, who am I? Who Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I was say that these guys have all come from other programs. Now, mind you, Baker Mayfield did spend more time than the other two, uh, but, you know, but he didn't start there. You know, so yeah. it's going to be interesting to see if, if he takes Rattler and if he can make him into what he's done with the previous quarterbacks, then, yeah, by all by all means, you can dub him that quarterback genius as everybody wants. Yeah, to what worries me in Oklahoma right now, though, is that I think Spencer Rattler is a better overall passer than Jalen Hurts. And so with their uh, weapons, especially in the receiver room and their speed and all that, that, that kind of scares me a bit uh, being a Texas fan. But uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, and that's probably a good reason why Texas is loading up on the uh, defensive secondary uh, to combat some of these guys. And don't forget, over at Oklahoma State, you got Tylen Wallace to deal with. So mm-hmm. there's definitely some guys that you're going to find out. Jamar Chase this year. We're going to get more into that. But coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about what players can make an impact this season. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar has changed the game when it comes to the energy bar. Less sugar, less carbs. Only 100 calories, not going to kill your diet. Great for that post-workout meal. You got to check the mint brownie delight. You got to check out the peanut butter. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, buy a box. You're going to get 15% off your order. If you buy two boxes, 30% off. And if you buy four or more boxes, they're going to give you 50% off. And 100% of the the profits 100% 100% of the profits will be donated to organizations that support education, poverty, equality, and ending hate and racism. Such a great cause. You're getting a great product. You're not having to deal with that chalky aftertaste. You're not dealing with that grittiness, and you're not washing it down with 16 gallons of water. You got to check them out. Go to BuiltBar.com to get your order in today. Save some money and get a little bit healthier while you're doing it. Cammy, we are 82 days away from kickoff. Are you excited? Uh, beyond excited. I can't get here soon enough. Absolutely. We talked about it being a big Monday. Now, on top of the commitments, Group 1 is starting their voluntary workouts today. Not only that, Group 2 has arrived at the University of Austin. That's going to be all your underclassmen, like Jaquindon Jackson, who is uh, going to be on campus today. Uh so let's talk a little bit about this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. What players or player 
you think is going to make the biggest impact in year one for the Texas Longhorns? Oh, gosh. So if we're talking about just underclassmen, I think there's several. So uh, B. John Robinson, obviously you have to put him on the field. Uh, he was the nation's number one running back in 2020. Uh, I think he's going to split time, so I'm not sure. Um, well, during his true freshman season, I think eventually uh, he'll come out as a starter, but I'm not sure how big of an impact he will make just because he's going to be splitting so much time between uh, Keontae Ingram and Rishon Johnson, but and on the defensive side of the ball, you have Alfred Collins, who is a five-star defensive end. I think it'll take a little bit of time for him to develop, but he'll definitely um, get playing time as a true freshman. I think if you look in terms of maybe a dark horse contributor right away, I love Prince Dorba, the uh, linebacker. I think he's one of the most exciting players from the 2020 recruiting class. Um, I think he'll kind of play behind a side this year at the jack position, potentially. Um, and Herman actually mentioned Dorba as one of the few players that can make an immediate impact. So um, I'm looking forward to watching him. But I also love the newcomer wide receiver, Tariq Black. I think he's going to compete right away for the uh, number one job at wide receiver. I think he's probably the best immediate option on the outside right now. And he brings, obviously, um, knowledge and leadership and experience uh, to such a young group at Texas. So I think he'll contribute right away as well. Um, but who's your pick outside of Bijan? Because I know you're a big uh, Bijan fan. I am a big Bijan fan. Can I say Jordan Whittington? Is he? Uh, uh, yeah, I guess he's technically considered a newcomer since he didn't really play last year. But, I mean, he was on the roster. I mean, he was. He played in one game. Uh, but the great news is Tom Herman recently said that if there was a game tomorrow, Jordan Whittington would be good to go. Yeah, and I guess uh, the only worry surrounding him now is consistency. Um, I hope this injury bug doesn't kind of follow him around throughout his collegiate career because um, he kind of had a he kind of dealt with ongoing problems with that. Uh, I guess groin was it that groin type of a? It was a sports. I can't think of the yet. surgery. Yeah, and so he was kind of dealing with that throughout the whole season. But in a way, it was probably safer to uh, go ahead and redshirt him regardless. But. Yeah, I'm curious to see him out of the slot. It's going to be definitely a close position battle with Jake Smith. I think they're, they're going to split times. But like we mentioned, Yersich isn't um, afraid to use his best players and be creative and move them all around the field. So I, de I definitely think he'll be on the field quite a bit. You know, I think that's something that, that Tom Herman recently talked about when he was discussing the injury concerns or the injury updates, I should say, about about Jordan Whittington is him coming out there and being on the field. And he talked a little bit about, you know, wanting to put the best players, whether it's they're going to come out in a four wide set, um, you know, or, or maybe three wide set where you have Jordan Whittington maybe lined up in the backfield with a Bijan or a Roshan or uh, with Keontae Ingram, you know, in, in variation, they were looking for what they call that hybrid role. And, you know, it's funny because when he brought that up, he kind of talked about Jordan Whittington. Uh, but, you know, that also kind of fits with Jake Smith because Jake Smith ran the ball a little bit in high school, too. So, mm -hmm. you know, they, it's it seems like that role that they're wanting in that hybrid is kind of interchangeable between those two guys. Yeah, I agree. It's, I, I think uh, we go back and forth on who's going to win that position battle. I personally think uh, Jake Smith's going to be the primary option in the slot, but they, they are still going to be creative with Jordan Winnington. I think you're going to see him in the backfield at times. Um, obviously in the slot, he's going to move all over the field um, just to get the best players on the field. I think he's obviously uh, one of the best weapons they have on offense as long as he's healthy. So um, it's just hard considering how many weapons are on the offense and um, even in just the running back room that we mention all the time. So um, 
that's obviously a good problem. And like we mentioned, iron sharpens iron, and that's pretty much um, kind of the path they're going to take with uh, several position battles this season. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how they utilize them, how how they use them offensively, and even and even then, like what about the the running backs? You know, when you talk about we've talked about Bijan, we talked about Roshan, we talked about Keontae Ingram, but Ingram is a guy that I think that you can line up in the backfield or at wide receiver. I don't think that they're afraid to use Roshan in that way or even Bijan. I think when they recruit these guys that are highly athletic like that, I think that they could they look at them in a way that they could do either or. And so it's just going to be interesting, like what combination of players are they going to put out there, uh, you know, and see kind of what matchups they can get. Uh, you know, whether they start them out wide, bring them back in the backfield, you know, try to get different looks to really find ways to attack defenses with a senior quarterback. Yeah, and I think you have to kind of go into the season with Ingram as your number one running back at the time, just because he's the most experienced and obviously um, he's a solid player in himself. But I think they're going to kind of uh, go with a hot hand approach in a way uh, who's producing more on the field. Obviously, that's a lot uh, different than uh, practice stars and things like that. But I'm a huge I think uh, Rashawn Johnson, uh, he's like one of my pet cats. I think he's he's going to have a great season. I think um, people are kind of underestimating him a bit and forgetting about him a bit because obviously you have uh, Ingram already there and the nation's number one running back coming in. But um, I think he's going to have a solid season. and They're going to use him a lot. Yeah, and I'm interested to see kind of if they use any of these freshman guys that are coming in, whether you're talking about a, a Kelvante Dixon, uh, Keontae Ingram's younger brother. Mm-hmm. Out of speedy. Uh, speedy guy, right? Uh, Troy Amer, a guy that mm-hmm. they flipped from A&M. Um, you know, are they going to get some looks uh, on the field? You know, th- that's going to be really interesting to see. How deep are they going to go into that wide receiver if Brandon Eagles doesn't play this year? How deep do they go within that roster? And I know they like to keep some guys, you know, redshirt a couple of guys so that, you know, they they have them for future seasons. But it it makes me wonder how deep they're going to have to go with the wide receiver position, considering that your most experienced guy, uh, Texas wise, not, you know, I'm not including Tariq Black in that, is probably Mm -hmm. Jake Smith. Yeah. Yeah, I think Brennan Eagles is probably going to play. So if he does, obviously, uh, he's the number one, I guess, in terms of experience there. And then Jake Smith. But um, I think they they have a lot of depth there. I don't think they're going to have to go too deep unless they're going to play some of these young guys on special teams. Or, uh, for example, maybe Dixon might return kick sometimes. I don't know. Something along those lines. But, um, yeah, I just – you have to think about they have Joshua Moore coming back too, Marcus Washington, um, Avante Woodward. So I – I don't know. They just have a uh, a lot of depth there. I think it's just going to be a position battle and an interesting one to watch in terms of the top of the depth chart. And what do they do with Malcolm Epps? That's that's another one because he played wide receiver last year because of the injury to Colin Johnson. So is is he going to mm-hmm. get to actually play tight end this year? Uh, um, so yeah. they I, have a lot of questions, but they yeah. have a lot of weapons too. So it's I think it's going to be exciting. Hey, that should be their new motto on offense. They have a lot of questions, but they have a lot of weapons. Oh, you know, I will, I will send that to Texas. <laughs> and see what they think. And, um, I like it. I'll like, it sticks. I'll like, it sticks. I'm like that's a trademark Pat Sports guy on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> All like right. Like All right. But coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about a potential linebacker that could 
come Texas way, maybe. Uh, but first, let me tell you about our friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com. If you don't like going to the store in O'Reilly's, in AutoZone, Family Auto, Advanced Auto Parts, if you don't like going to the store and standing there and talking to the counter person who's going to ask you a million questions, they're going to go stand in the back and you got to wait while they look for whatever part you need, you should check out my friends at RockAuto.com. There are so many different makes, models, whether you're talking about Fiat, Kia, Ford, Jeep. What about all the different models? All the different styles. Is it an LX? Is it an EX? LT? LZ? They got all these different ones. You can just go to one store. Go to rockauto.com. Check them out. You got discount prices uh, that you can get at any of the different stores or dealership. Have it sent right to your house with COVID-19 going on right now. Who wants to get out and risk yourself of getting, you know, contracting COVID-19? So check out rockauto.com. They've made it easy for you. You won't be disappointed. So, Kami, I'm sure you've heard this story about Iowa's strength coach, Chris Doyle. Mm-hmm. His son, Dylan Doyle, entered himself into the transfer portal. I saw that. And didn't uh, Doyle get uh, released, fired, whatever you want to call it today? Uh, I believe he did. I believe he did. But Dylan is still in that transfer portal, said that he's going to another school. Mm-hmm. Could he potentially go to the University of Texas? I think so. I thought it was interesting. And I know you actually brought this up that he was following Chris Ash and Hutzler on Twitter, I believe. So I think there's definitely strong interest there. I don't know if I'm confident enough to say that uh, he will come to Texas, but I think it'd be a good fit for him. And obviously the signs are pointing towards his interest there. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because uh, Herman has talked a little bit about, you know, worries at inside linebacker. Now Doyle played outside linebacker, but I think he has the size to play inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, given how Texas has had history uh, injuries uh, at the linebacker position, I mean, beyond Juwan Mitchell. Right. You know, there could be some concern there. So I would, I, I personally think that Texas should kick the tires uh, on potentially bringing in Doyle. I do too. And I think of, um, we mentioned how deep some position of uh, depths are, I guess. But I think linebacker is one of those ones where someone can come in and kind of fight for that starting role right away. And so I feel like it's somewhat open in terms of playing time at that position. And so um, I feel like he would be used uh, early and often probably if he were to come to Texas. Yeah, and he's one of those players who actually didn't get a ton of playing time at Iowa. Uh, I believe he's played in eight career games. Uh, In those games, he has 25 career tackles uh, with no sacks. Uh, and one forced fumble, but he had got a ton of playing time, but I think he could still come in. Uh, he's a, he was a red shirt freshman this last season. Uh, so obviously he still has three years of eligibility that would be left, uh, if he went the full term. So I think Texas would be a, a good spot for him, uh, a spot that they could use some help at the linebackers position. So that's why I was mm-hmm. thinking, Hey, uh, and then I obviously, I went to his Twitter and I looked at who he was following because he only following a handful of people. And uh, that's when I saw that he was following Chris Ash and and, and Hutzler, and I was like, well, maybe he wants to go to Texas. Yeah, it definitely seems like there's interest there, and um, 
they've actually been very successful in the uh, transfer portal, I guess, market. Um, obviously, we just got Tariq Black as well. So, yeah, I, that would be a big get for uh, Herman, I would say. Yeah, it's funny, though, when you look at Doyle's recruiting profile, he wasn't highly touted. He wasn't a guy that was getting a ton of looks. But I think going to Iowa, mm-hmm. uh, playing in a big-time program, a program that's that's used to turning out uh, NFL talent, uh, obviously he got an offer there. So I think Texas definitely could take a look and, and see if maybe there's something there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, if anything, it'd be a solid depth piece, which um, is always welcomed. So I think uh, they're obviously doing their uh, research on him and things like that. And obviously we think he's interested in Texas. So why not kick the tires on it? I say kick the tires. Uh, so a little bit earlier, we were talking a little bit about Roshan Johnson. When we talked about, you know, players that might make an impact, some things. Uh, recently, he posted a video of his his footwork, and I'm not going to lie, that was pretty impressive. I know. And, I mean, he showed flashes of that as a true freshman, even though, I mean, what, he was playing at the running back position for uh, just weeks beforehand. And, I mean, he was poised and confident in uh, some of the biggest moments of Texas' season last year so uh he obviously has we've seen him hurdle over defenders actually he obviously has that physical style of play as well he'll run through someone um lower his shoulders kind of like ellinger does at times but um and now he's working on his footwork it looks uh like very very quick he was showing um some impressive change of pace direction type of drills so um I'm very anxious to see him because this is the first full off season that he's had to prepare. And although it's kind of a weird off season due to COVID-19, he's at least getting to focus on, um, I guess, developing as a running back rather than what he's used to. So I think he can make uh, big strides forward this upcoming season. I, I definitely think that he can make those big strides and it's going to be really exciting to see if, if he does. And, and, you know, the, like we've talked about, about, you know, lots of questions, many answers, uh, or many weapons, I should say, you know, yeah. that they now have a loaded, uh, you know, backfield when it, when it comes to the top three running backs. And, and obviously they're only going to look to add to that uh, because, you know, you could have an Ingram leave after this season. Uh, Bijan could take a lot of snaps. Maybe it's Roshan because uh, we don't really know, like, how they're going to split them. Are they going to ride the hot hand? Um, are they going to go into a game saying, okay, we want to give, you know, a majority of the snaps to Ingram because he's the starter and then, you know, sprinkle in Bijan Robinson, sprinkle in Roshan or how they're going to do it. Uh, so a lot of questions, but when you look at that footwork, you, you can definitely see that he's putting in the work. And like mm-hmm. I said, it was, it was quite impressive. I was like, wow. I was like, I, you know, I didn't realize that he had that kind of elite athleticism. Right. And that backfield is suddenly so loaded that even if there were to be an injury to one of those three main guys, I mean, you could just plug Whittington back there. Uh, You could take uh, one of the quarterbacks and put him back there, kind of like they did with Roshan. So uh, they're just so deep at that position that um, I think whoever is, I guess, maybe whoever has a hot hand at that point is going to be successful. But I don't think Herman's the type of guy that just because you're the starter, for example, Ingram, that he's going to give you a certain percentage of carries. I think um, if you're impressing uh, in your short time or your opportunities on the field, if you're um, consistently having good practices and things like that, I think he's going to find a way to give you the ball. So I don't know how exactly they're going to split it. I'm personally leaning towards maybe the hot hand approach, but it'll definitely be interesting to see. Yeah, I don't. I don't think for even a second that they're going to go with the uh, okay. You're the starter, uh, right? You know, just a thought. 
I definitely think it's going to be a hot hand approach. Obviously, I think Ingram's going to get first shot, though, being that he is the incumbent starter, uh, and he got he's gotten better the last each each to the last two seasons. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. Make sure you tune in to Locked On NFL Draft, my guys. Trevor, he does a fantastic. Benjamin Solak, got to check out the podcast. Hey, smart device to play the latest episode. But for Cami, I'm Patrick. We'll see you on Wednesday. Hook 'em.